punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bed. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hello and welcome to episode 389 of Fergo on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And join me as always, it's a glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm good, Andrew. Why don't you like mushrooms? Brown, slimy, filthy shit. What? Who's it's been a, cooking it's you a mushrooms? fungus. Who eats fungus? Everything eats fungus and fungus eats everything. Yeah, I'm not eating that shit. It's great. If you get the right sort of mushrooms, they're good. If you get the wrong ones, they kill you in an agonizing death. But All types of mushrooms are shit. I like mushrooms. I really like mushrooms on pizza or mushroom sandwich. Cook mushrooms, put them on a sandwich. Oh, yeah. Filthy. You know who likes mushrooms? Who? NRL journalists. Yeah, but they have no souls. Like, the stuff that they yeah. like is just... Do you know why they don't have souls? Because of the fucking mushrooms they eat. That normally an RL journalist only consume alcohol. Yeah. Well, Christian Nicolisi from the Sydney Morning Herald said the mm-hmm. NRL provided mushroom quiches for pressure the judiciary. Mm-hmm. Why are they feeding their journalists? Would you feed them? Oh, fuck no. No you know fucking I'd do? way. I'd get one hot chip and I'd throw it out there amongst the middle of them and it'd be a hot chip that's been pissed on. I tell you what I would do. I just watch them swarm over it. I Not would like seagulls, and they they get a taste of it, going, oh, I don't really want that anymore. <laughs> I would provide them with those really high chairs that you have at pubs, but that like have a small back. You know the ones that have a very small oh, yeah. back on them. The, the back's then, actually useless. Yes, yes. But then I would make sure they were all uneven, so they were all wobbly, right? And <laughs> then I would provide no food or water. And I would make sure that I had employees bringing in hot chips and things like that. Not for the journalists, just to walk through, just to have the smell of hot chips and like coffee and stuff like that come through. Oh, you, you want to have the smell of beer as well. Well, yeah. Just, just, just to tip them over the edge. Yeah. Every news article would be absolute hate. <laughs> just, yeah, it's maybe just before they turn up, just pour some whiskey on outside. And just let them, you know, they, all of a sudden they start sniffing around like dogs for their medicine. Just as they're getting pissed off, put some beer coasters down on a bar in front of them. And that's it. But that's it. And just That's it. Just walk away. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's a good idea. We got this sorted. This is why we should be running the whole NRL facility. Absolutely. Absolutely. A piece of piss, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, now we've got that out of the way, we're going to be doing our preview Courtesy of our, uh, our good friends there at Palmer Bet. Yeah, Palmer Bet has provided us with all the odds for this game. They're obviously our major sponsor. So we love having Palmer Bet on board and uh, we've been working well together. It's been great. And as always, remember, gamble responsibly. That's exactly right. We've got to come up with um, our own one of those, by the way. We do, yes. We'll have to we'll sort that out. We'll come yeah. up with something new that can be. Uh, catchy that people get into yeah yeah um so let's get into it mm-hmm. and uh the nrl has decided to completely ruin my weekend by putting the tigers on thursday night yeah well they're playing the gold coast titans i believe it's up there in in on the gold coast it um, is indeed the titans are favorite 
at $1.29 in the head-to-head. The West Tigers are at $3.64. The West Tigers have a 10.5-point head start at $1.85. It's been a little bit of money for that because the Gold Coast Titans are at $1.95. That is a pretty good head start, I've got to say. It is, it is. Um, Now, one of the reasons why the Tigers would be, um, you know, at long odds Mm-hmm. Is uh, James Roberts is back in the side? That and them being terrible doesn't really work in their favour. Well, that's mostly James Roberts being back. He got outplayed by a second rower and a big, tall second rower last mm-hmm. week. Um, so that's that's about to be a mess. Um, Madden survived his uh, journey to the judiciary. Was it Madden? Oh no, Simpkins. Sorry. Simpkin survived there. He was charged with a grade one crusher. He pleaded guilty and copped a fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like they're not going to play him anyway. I think he's on the extended bench. Um, both teams have really mucked around with their extended benches. Yeah, there's, they've got like 27,000 players on their extended benches. Yeah, the one, that, one thing that gets me is Stafford Toa, who had an absolutely great game for the Tigers, probably their best player last week, is out of the 17. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that changes. It's, um, weird. it's weird how teams name such extended benches. Um, I, I thought that it was maybe something to do with the COVID, but apparently not. It's just no. the way things are. It's uh, And we'll get into this later on. The... I didn't want to address this so early in the podcast, but the the Gold Coast Titans have named Will Smith as their fourteenth man in this side. Um, I don't want to say more than that. We'll we'll discuss the Will Smith incident later on. All I say is he hasn't been charged by the judiciary yet. It's a disgrace. It is. It is. It was. It was at least a. Well, I don't know how they do the grading this year, but it, it should have been straight to the judiciary. I mean, oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have a. It'd be like the Mitch Barnett one. Just dangerous contact is it avoids all grading. You go straight to the straight to the judiciary panel. And yeah, it's not and where like, you get to choose whether you're guilty or not. They tell you how long you're suspended for. That's how it works. Exactly. You know, it was an off the ball incident. And we can't allow that in the game. It's just, I, I think Will Smith has a lot to answer for. Oh, absolutely he does. Absolutely. Um, now, for for both sides, Jaden Campbell and Philip Sammy are out for the Titans. Um, but Jermaine Osako, who the Titans have just picked up from Parramatta. <laughs> I'm going to say that all year. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Um, he'll be My brain just back. car crashed then when you said that. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the Tigers, Utikamanu and Michaeli, both big props, are out. And the one thing you want to have against that Titans pack is some good prop rotation. And the Tigers are going to be struggling there. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is that this Titans side got out to that massive lead against the Raiders and just pissed it away last week. And it was mm. going to be like one of those, ooh, the Titans, you know, what do we got here this year? And it turned into a really disappointing loss. So they're going to be coming out really wanting to put one on someone. It just so happens it's the Tigers up next. And, yeah, that 
their forward pack is actually really good. And I've got to say, I think that Brimson and uh, Sexton have been starting to combine pretty well. It's only early in the year. But the thing I like about Toby Sexton is that he he doesn't mind really going after it and trying a few things for a, a young halfback. And so, it, you know, you put him up against Brooks, who's the complete opposite, doesn't like trying anything. Um, it's a good sign for him going forward as, he, as an NRL player long term. The only thing I, that really concerns me is we need to have some sort of uh, nickname for that halves pairing. Um, I don't know if it's Brimsex. I don't know if it's Sexton. I don't know what it is. Um, AJ Sex. I don't know, but we've got to work it out. Well, I'll tell you what, that's going to have to be something we have as a conversation episode one day is mm. the nickname for every house combination for every team. Mm, yeah. Just just to make it look like we're not just going after this one because we can, yeah, make fun of the word sex. Yeah. We, oh, yeah, the word sex is in it too. I didn't realise that, hey? Yeah. Um, like um, the Tigers this week could be Mad Bro. It could, see? Mad Bro, the Mad Bro halves combination. Yeah, there you go. It's like anything except being a Mad Bro combination, though, is it? Correct, correct. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Tigers do in this one. Madden is playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather see him at seven and Brooks at six. I think that would work better. Mm-hmm. Um, Little needs to get loud. He's, he's a decent enough organiser, but like Brooks, doesn't speak enough and doesn't direct enough. Um, Tigers are okay on the edges up front, but you know you're up against David Fafita and Big Tino, so being kind of okay just ain't going to cut it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm picking Titans in that one. Nah, I, I I have to go Titans. Let me go to the uh, tipping part because I haven't put my tips in for the. NRL tipping comp. You can join our tipping comp, by the way, on the NRL website. So I'm going Titans for that one. Yeah, I've not put mine in yet either. I better write mine down. What's this? Unimportant. Okay, I'll write it here. Okay, next one is the Sharks versus the Knights. Um, for this one, Connor Tracy and Matt Ikevalu, uh are both out for the Sharks, which means Talakai, big... Big bustling back rower is going to be playing at centre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too much of an issue because he can do it pretty well, but the Knights outside backs are sizable and fast and gag iron best. So he's, he's going to have his hands full looking after those two. Um, the Knights have got Mitchell Barnett out because, uh, you know, he cops six weeks for whatever it is he thought he was doing, that seemed legit in his brain at the time. What did um, you think about that? Did you think it was too long or too short? Um, you know, when it comes to a deliberate illegal act, mm. and let's be honest, that was, mm-hmm. um, six weeks should be the absolute bare minimum, mm-hmm. and I probably would have given him eight. Yeah, I think I would have, I'd said eight to ten. I would have been happier with eight. I thought that six was not enough. No. Nah. That's there's no need for that shit in the game, and if you ever want to crack down on anything and make an example of everyone of anyone, you do it on shit like that every single time. Mm-hmm. You come mm-hmm. down, you I don't care if you come out and say right, we're giving you twelve weeks for that. 
fine. I don't care how long they make it because at the end of the day, don't do that shit. You don't get those suspensions. But if yeah. you make it six weeks, it's kind of, eh, you know, it's it's too, for me, it's too weak. Too Way too lenient. Um, yeah. Now, Palmer bet in the head-to-head betting, they've got the Sharks at $1.40 heavy favourites over the Newcastle Knights, $2.95. The Knights have a seven-and-a-half-point head start, uh, and it's $1.90, obviously, with the seven-and-a-half-point handicap. The Sharks are also at one ninety. So, I, I look, I agree with that. I think that it's hard to go past the Sharks in this one. Um, it, it feels like there's going to be a hangover for the Knights after that Panthers game. Yeah, I I worry mostly in this one about the the Knights pack, especially once um, you get to that around half time period when you start to bring on your your second rotation of forwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the Sharks have got um, they're not X factor players, but they're the sort of players you want who will do that dirty work in the middle mm. and just keep plugging away until you get your, your starters back on the field, like um, Tolman and Fafita. And you can also throw McInnes in there, who's he's not hugely creative as a forward, but he's pretty solid in the middle as a defender. Yeah, he's an honest, um, honest player. Yeah, whereas the Knights don't really have that coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be where their problem will lie. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a lot of what the Sharks do um, this year, especially, is coming off um, pressure from the forwards in the middle. Then they spread it out wide, let Hines do whatever the hell he wants to do, and it's been working pretty well and getting better every week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Nico Hines can, because he is still learning that halfback role full-time, it's going to be interesting to see if he can continue like the trajectory he's on it's fantastic so far like he's he's a real handful when you play against him oh absolutely absolutely so it's um yeah i'm going with sharks on this one especially when now they're back at home well you know they they were five minutes down the road what's the long five minutes (laughs) (laughs) um also on friday we've got panthers versus rabbitos um, now this so one, Palmer bet. A, okay. I was going to say, there's a few ins here. We've got we've got Nathan yeah. Cleary back. Okay, that's huge. That helps. Yes. So Palmer bets odds for this one. They've got the Panthers as extremely heavy favourites for this one. The Panthers are at one dollar thirty-seven in the head-to-head. The South Sydney Rabbitohs are at three dollars twelve, which is massive after coming off that pretty good win last week. The Rabbitohs only have a seven and a half point head start at one dollar ninety, which gives uh, the price for the seven and a half point handicap to the Panthers at one dollar ninety as well. Um, Nathan Cleary being back will be huge. You saw footage of him last week um, after last week's uh, Panthers versus Knights game, and he was going through some drills with James Fisher Harris, just testing out that shoulder. I saw that Jai Arrow a couple of days ago said that he was focused on Nathan Cleary's shoulder. And as a Panthers fan, I would be like, yes, please focus on his shoulder. Well, the other two um, players coming back via the extended bench uh, for the Panthers, James Fisher-Harris and Liam Martin. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of those make their way onto the bench 
And if they do, man, that that tips it very heavily in the uh, the Panthers' favour even further. Yeah, and look, the Panthers they've been kind of they started out looking really good, but then we you know we sort of thought, well, is the Seagulls team really all that good? Especially when we found out about the curse, um, and then you kind of look at at the other games the Panthers have played and they've just did what they had to do. This is really the first game they're playing this year where it's like, okay, they've got to step up now. And it's we'll find out how they're going to go. Um, playing against Latrell Mitchell, he's going to be really hard to stop. I don't know about Charlie Staines on the wing. I think that, you know, his, his form this season hasn't been great. Neither has Dylan Edwards, for that matter. That Defensively, neither of them can stop anybody. It's absolutely terrible. But for the most part, their defense has been fine. And, you know, it's going to be their first real test of the season, really. Absolutely. Um, I suppose working in their favor is the fact that the Bunnies' back line isn't what you'd call five-star either. That's true. That's true. And, like, um, Crichton in that back line with May, um, Tago, he he's, was amazing last week. We'll see what happens. Like, I, I just, I think it's going to be a close game, but I have a feeling that the Panthers will just have too much for the Bunnies. And so that's why I've tipped them. I've tipped them by four points in the margin too. I'll, I'll tip, I'll tip Penrith by 41 points. Holy shit. Why not? Why, Who cares? Why 41 <laughs> points? I don't know. I just pull a number. Of, I, I like to make stupid predictions. Okay. In the hope that one day one of them will work and I go, see, I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> all of a sudden you rocket <laughs> up the list because you've just got all the margins perfect because you've got one that's outrageous. I've jagged the outrageous one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's all I'm banking on. Um, <laughs> on Saturday, Warriors play the Broncos on the at Redcliffe. I thought it was Sunshine Coast. Well, it's close. Now, um, says, this game's got the uh, Broncos' as favourites on Palmer Bet at $1.62. Uh, the Warriors are outsiders at $2.31. The Warriors have the four-and-a-half-point head start. They're at $1.80, so there's been some money for them. And the Broncos have slipped out with four-and-a-half-point handicap to $2. Now, both sides have got a fair few... Um, you know, regular starting players on the extended bench. So for the Warriors, they've got Ben Murdoch, Masilla, and uh, Sean Johnson. And for the Broncos, they've got David Mead, Rhys Kennedy, Jordan Pereira, Corey Pakes, Brinko Lee, Kurt Capewell, almost a whole lot of it. Um, so there could be quite a few changes for the Broncos in their lineup. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Billy Walters gets dropped because he's kind of shit. Yeah, he brought nothing. It was interesting when last weekend, uh, when the Broncos needed something and you were like, okay, well, Billy Walters, this is it. This is your time. And he did absolutely nothing. He made no impact. I, I look at him. Sometimes you look at a player and you go, and he's the perfect example. You look at him and go, I don't know what your perfect role is, but I know it's got nothing to do with the NRL. Yeah, he, I feel like he would be the sort of player you could watch in Queensland Cup and be like, man, you should see Billy Walters. He controls everything. He just is a level above this. And then you see them at NRL level and it's like, ooh, you know, this, this ain't it I, for him. I reckon he'd probably be really good at squash. Why squash? Well, it's not rugby league, that's why. <laughs> that's a good point. I watched him play for the Tigers for a few years occasionally when he wasn't yeah. 
busted. Mm-hmm. And I know it's hard to look good in that side, but it's also easy to look pretty good in there as well. The same time when you think about it, because there's so yeah. many underperformers in there. That's and good. he just blended in with the poor performers very seamlessly. Yeah, that's and very true. Not much has changed. <laughs> not much has changed. So I, I just I still love that quote where he says, It's nice to be playing under a coach that's got faith in me. It's like it's your dad. <laughs> I'd I'd love for uh his dad to drop him after that comment. <laughs> um so following from that, we've got Manly versus the Raiders. Now, the Manly Seagulls are favourites in this one, despite oh, on. the curse. Did we do our tips for the last one, sorry? Warriors-Broncos? Oh, I don't think we did. Uh, I uh, tip, right. I'm tipping the Broncos. Yeah, I'll tip the Broncos. Okay. We'll move on there. Okay, so Manly versus uh, the Canberra Raiders. Manly, despite the curse of the North Sydney jersey that is buried under the northeast section of their brand-new stand at the northern end of the ground. Well, on that, because they found out about that, they've moved this game to Mudgee. Oh, have they? That's probably a good sign. That's probably why they're favourites. That's right. Um, Well, just commiserations to everyone that has to go to Mudgee this weekend. Uh, The Manly Seagulls. (laughs) Such a car. It's a Mudgee or Brookvale. (laughs) Well, I would rather go to Mudgee than Brookvale, to be honest with you. Exactly. Um, so the Manly Seagulls are favourites on palmerbet.com. They're at $1.41. The Canberra Raiders are outsiders at $2.93. The Canberra Raiders have a six and a half point head start at $1.90. And the Manly Seagulls have the six and a half point handicap also at $1.90. Yes. Uh, this is an interesting one. I think Canberra's got a better pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but Manly's got much better spine. I think comfortably better spine, and um, their attack looks to be more threatening. Yeah, I know it seems weird to say that after the Raiders had that great comeback last week, but do you, do we really think the Raiders can do that every week or the majority of weeks? And I go, mm, no. Yeah, and I still worry about the way they rolled over and died in the first half, you know. I, it's not very consistent of them. Um, that game that the Seagulls played against the Bulldogs was a real tough game too. It was absolutely pouring rain. Uh, they had that curse on them at home, and they still managed to get the points. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a tough one. But I, I have tipped the Manly Seagulls. Yeah, I'm going Manly on this one. Um, I would have liked to see with Sebastian Chris um, dropping out of the team for this week for the Raiders. I'd have liked to see Xavier Savage move into the, the seventeen, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Yeah, I think I think that's a bad move. But anyway, um, next we have Cowboys versus the Roosters, and about two weeks ago this was mm-hmm. a fifty point win for the Roosters. Now I'm not so sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's making for a great season. So the Roosters are favourites. They're at $1.45 on palmerbet.com. And the Cowboys are outsiders at $2.78. The Cowboys have a six and a half point head start at $1.90. And of course, the Sydney Roosters have the six and a half point handicap at $1.90. The way that the, the Cowboys played last week, that like they ripped in. And it shows you where, how far you can get with effort 
you know, just some effort. And the thing that we've seen with the Roosters is that when they come up against a team that rip in, rips in, they don't like it. No, they they are a team that does like to, as Wally Lewis would always say, dictate terms. Mm-hmm. They like to be the one that's setting the, the pace and, yeah, they want to be the one on the front foot. They like getting on the front foot. And when the other team beats into that punch, they do tend to struggle to keep up a little. And it's it's an interesting um, interesting thing to watch. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm not too sure on this game. I tell really you, not. It's, on paper, it's a Roosters win by plenty. But, yeah. Uh, I tell you the other thing is, I think we saw last week, the Roosters attack out the back with uh, Tedesco. Like, they were showing last week that if you get up on him quick, he's going to make decisions really quickly. And the decision is normally going to be shovel the ball on as quick as possible. And it it doesn't work very often. Um, so I think we'll see more of that in this game. If Todd Payton is any sort of coach, that's what he'll be saying. It'll be like, get up, you know, run out of the line. Forget everything else. Get out the line on Tedesco. Um, we, we're still waiting for the Talmalolo, nothing's going to stop him game, and it is coming. Yeah. And, but yeah, there's something about rugby league where every so often you'll get a team or a player that is a flat track bully and they will, you know, say all the right things. And when they get off to a good lead, they'll, you know, puff their chest out and something. But when they get smacked in the mouth, they go very quiet. And we've seen that a number of times in rugby league. It's one of the cool things about rugby league. And I I don't think it's going to happen so much in this game. I think the Roosters will have a bit too much class. But who knows? Who knows? I wasn't expecting what the Cowboys did last week. That's for sure. Oh, God, no. God, no. Um, it's it's odd what happened. But, yeah, what you were saying about Tedesco is spot on. Because um, he's typical of a fullback who was really good at all the normal fullback things. Think Ballantyne Holmes at fullback. Um, safe under the high ball, good kick returns. That's all he had. Um, and Tedesco was very much the same. And then he developed that passing game afterwards. And, it, you know, it kept getting better and better and better. But the way that it works best for him is that he gets around the defender first and creates that that space in that room where he's got the, the defense either sliding or on the back foot. Mm. So he can make the pass without being, without being panicked. But when the defense yeah. comes up at him and doesn't get him that chance to take that, you know, get outside the man or, you know, sweep around, they shut him down before he gets to do that. Then yeah, he will pass nearly every single time unless he can't see he, the person he's passing to because the outsides come up, cut him off. Then he'll run straight. Um, you want him, you want him to pass though, because if yeah. Tedesco runs, there's a good chance he can get through because he's a very strong ball runner. So you don't want your wingers rushing up with the centre. You just want the centre coming up, put pressure on him to make that pass, and the winger to sit back a little bit, not too far, but just enough so that he can see someone to pass to and he'll make that pressure pass, that's how you shut him down. And I think that for the Roosters, they would need they should be looking at playing a little bit deeper, and I know why they play up flat, but if they just play a little bit deeper and he doesn't come straight at the line, he comes at at an angle so that if he decides he needs to go outside, he's already got the momentum. You're not going to beat him if he does that, you know, because just because of the way that, 
he's got the momentum. Um, and if he sees the defense coming up, he can maybe get the ball early. He can step back inside and all of a sudden everyone's up and there's gaps there in their line. So it, it's, uh, it was a really interesting part of last week's game against South. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that plays out over the course of the season because I think that Tedesco is going to learn on the run as he does that and how the Roosters change their style of attack to accommodate that. It's just, I love things like that. I love seeing yes. teams having to change their tactics. Absolutely. Uh, also, Cohen Hess has been named in this game. He injured his shoulder last week. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, maybe Jermaine Tanoa Brown comes onto the bench, mm-hmm. or if not into the starting lineup. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a change there. But, yeah, uh, I'm surprised we, they named him. Yeah. I mean, even if he was fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next is Melbourne versus the Bulldogs. So on palmerbet.com, the Melbourne Storm are $1.17 favourites. The Bulldogs are at $5.10. The Bulldogs, the Bulldogs have a 14 and a half point head start at $1.87. So there's been a little bit of money for that 14 and a half point head start. And obviously the Melbourne Storm, the 14 and a half point handicap, they're at $1.93. Yeah, um, there's some there's some changes to these sides. So for the Storm, they've got Harry Grant and um, Tyron Wishart and Xavier Coates all back. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Tyron Wishart will be in the 17 or not, but he had been playing pretty well. But having Grant and um, Coates back is pretty big for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulldogs are going to have... Uh, Ava Suamanifanai will be coming back to the side. Uh, he'll probably go onto the bench. Um, and a bunch of bunch of players on the extended bench. Um, Jack Hetherington's out, so that means you know 15 less penalties for Melbourne. They'll probably have 13 players on the ground for the entire match. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, Luke Thompson's still playing. Oh well, yeah, there is that problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I, this is an interesting thing, though, because the Bulldogs have actually got a very, very strong record against the Storm. Are you tipping the Bulldogs? No. Of course no, not. not. <laughs> no, I'm not. What do you well, think about? Think, what do you think about the Bulldogs with fourteen and a half point start, though? I I think it's a bit much. Yeah, so do I. I think that's pretty well, juicy. Okay, so Canterbury and the Storm have played. 43 times. The Storm's 122. Bulldogs are 121. What was the last scoreline that they had? Um, well, the last two were quite heavy. Mm-hmm. So last year, Melbourne won 52-18, and before that, they won 41-10. Melbourne's won the last six straight games, but mm-hmm. they lost the last six before that. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously this Bulldogs team is better than what they've had in the past. Yeah. I, and I think I all, get, all I'm getting at here is I'm going to say Melbourne's going to win, yeah. but it will also be, I'd imagine, a tight game. It so feels Melbourne like should it's stay in control, but I'm, yeah. I'm guessing like a, a Melbourne win by say six or eight points, something like that. You know, the other thing I guess 
you could be looking at this from the point of view of Melbourne is due to really just rack one up, you know, because they really haven't hooked up properly this year. It feels like they've had to really fight for their wins. So maybe they're going to do it against the Bulldogs. I don't know. But I tend to agree with you. I think this is going to be a bit of a tough game. Yeah, especially on paper, the Ford Packs are reasonably evenly matched. Harry Grant's the um, the big difference maker there. Um, Nelson Asafasolomon has got to start getting that shit out of his game. I know I've said it plenty of times before, but, man, he's going to get a long suspension soon if he keeps doing that. He should have been out for at least six weeks. That was a bad swing and arm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely that, deserves a suspension, definitely. Yeah, it was crazy. And then, like, the funny thing was Graham Annesley comes out and says, well, that was a mistake. And it's like, well, who made the mistake? And just change it. Like, you can change it. <laughs> well, you know, we've got one more game, and then we'll come back to fucking Annesley. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, um, last one is Parramatta versus the Dragons. So the Parramatta Eels on palmerbet.com are $1.30 favourites in the head-to-head against the Dragons, who are $3.56 outsiders. The Dragons have an 8.5-point head start at $1.90, and the Parramatta Eels have the 8.5 points handicap at also at $1.90. Right, well, with this game, Andrew McCulloch... Um, Farmer Sully, Toto Moga, and George Burgess are all on the extended bench um, for the Dragons. Aaron Woods is also back into the 17. Oh, that's a blow. <laughs> so they could have a, a bunch of players changing in their forward pack, I guess. Um, for the Eels, uh, obviously Ray Stone's out. Mm-hmm. For the year now, it's confirmed. Yeah, that, that's a big loss. Because, yep. I mean, you know, he's he's a match winner now. Well, they're number one match winner. I mean, how many other match winners are really in that Eels side? Exactly right. Um, but they're largely unchanged. I think Ryan Madison comes into the 17. Um, he probably had a cry to get there. <laughs> That's about it. Um, yeah, not much else. I, I look at it and go, Parramatta... Um, by whatever they choose to do. If they turn up and decide to play with some sort of um, attacking nous, mm-hmm. where they actually want to try and score points and want to try and do stuff other than the same copy and paste plays all the time, they'll put 40 or 50 on the Dragons. But I wouldn't be surprised if they turn up and they try and do the same shit and they'll try and target Ravalawa and think that he can't catch the ball for some reason. And yeah, it'll go. It'll just go on and on and on. That's and this is the odd matchup. I think is Wanga Blake versus Ravalawa. I think Ravalawa will make an absolute mincemeat of him. Um, that's the only real strength I see in this game for the Dragons is Lomax Ravalawa's side. They're up against yeah. Blake and uh, Penasini. I think that's a huge strength there. Um, so we'll see what happens. But rest other than that. Much of this Dragons team does not interest me whatsoever. No, I mean, have to... they're still better than the Tigers, but <laughs> I can't see him winning this. That's the most backhanded compliment ever now. Um, oh, yeah. I, the only way I could see this 
been a contest as if it's one of those games where the Dragons just turn up and say, let's see what this team's made out of. And they just come out breathing fire, so to speak. And the Eels are too bu- have been too busy patting themselves on the back all week, which we've seen that happen. So, you know, if that happens, um, you know, it could be a close contest, but the Eels really should get a big win in this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's pretty much it for the round preview. Now, you were mentioning Graham Mattersley before. Yeah. By the way, thank you to uh, Palmer Bet for all those odds. So go to palmerbet.com to put on your bets and try and follow some of our tips because you'll become a millionaire. Palmer Bet will be paying you money hand over fist. It'll be great. And uh, as always, gamble responsibly. Yep. Gamble oh, bet, bet with your head, not over it. That's right. Yeah, that's was, Wasn't there another one? There was another one, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, it was... Um... I only bet what you can afford or something like that. Uh, I don't know. We'll make. I think that was my one. Yeah, that was one you made up. But I yeah. like it. It works well. Um, speaking of using your head or not. Yes. Yes. Um, Annesley, after the Tigers, uh, game last week, mm-hmm. there was a moment where Luciano Lalu was chasing down a kick that went into the Warriors in goal. And he came flying through, and he's done what you'd expect. You know, the ball's about to go over the dead ball line. He's reached around a, a Warriors defender. He's put his hand on the ball, and it, he was convinced that he might have scored a try. Mm. Referee just went no, and went play on. Now, before we before we go on at full speed, what did you think when you first I saw? Had it? No, I had no idea. Okay, at full speed. I was like, I hey, knocked it on pretty badly. I think for me, at full at full speed, I thought he's tapped it back. Okay. So for me, it was still play on. Mm-hmm. I, and that's all I thought it would have been. Um, or possibly the ref saw that he's, he's touched the ball, but maybe he was either over the dead ball line or the ball hit the dead ball line and made it dead anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought it was. And then the replay showed that it looked a lot closer. But the ref... Because the, it was only the Fox Sports replay and not the one that the bunker was looking at because the bunker didn't didn't even bother looking at it. Mm -hmm. We only saw like two brief replays and that was it. And Um, the referee chose not to look at it at all. He was just like a 20-meter tap. But the bunker, which has been getting involved in a lot of tries, you know, taking points off the scoreboard and the like, Mm -hmm. um, also chose not to look look at it at all either, which I found Mm -hmm. odd. It was So we had had both the referee on the field and the bunker both going, no, nah, don't care. Now, nah. I, I I agree with you. It was odd compared to what we've seen. But when I saw the replay, I was like, oh, yeah, because he knocked it on. It's still worth still worthy of a look. That's the thing. I'm, I'm not saying it was a try. I'm saying it's close. Mm-hmm. We've got the technology there. Just have a look at it. Even the bunker looks at it while they're running back on site or whatever. Or say, you know what, can we just have a quick look at that? It's not going to take them long. But just but say the... just say the, the process bunker, happened. Yeah, that did, it didn't happen. But just say the bunker, you talk to the person in the bunker and they said, oh, yeah, that's not gone. I'm not looking at that again. Are you happy with that? Or are you somebody so, that's so, like, wait a minute, we need to look at that a few more times? No, sometimes they look at it and they say it's a knock-on or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I'm fine with that. But that's that's the thing for me is that that process never took place. And mm-hmm. that's the thing I find odd is that that process nearly always takes place. Why mm-hmm. is it not doing it now? That's what I don't get. Now, my thought was the referee might have just been in the perfect position. Like he, he, he looked like he was trailing the play. And he might have just had an absolutely perfect view of what happened. And he was just really confident that it was not going to. Like, first of all, do you think he knocked the ball on? No, I said, because I only got to see basically live and mm-hmm. one quick replay. To me, it looked like that. I'm not convinced from what I saw that he grounded the ball, but I'm also not convinced that he knocked it on or knocked it dead. I think he tapped it back. Okay. So for me, the ball is still live. So, I, so when the, I watched the when I watched the replay, I was like, "Oh yeah, that was a knock on." That's how well, I felt. But I could I can't see it can be for me. I couldn't say it was a knock on because he's the movement of his arm was coming around a Warriors player, which means it's pushing the ball back no matter what he does, and he's trying to push it, you know, keep it in the field of play. So he's going to be putting his hand in front of the ball. Mm-hmm. The ball stayed in the field of play, so he's had to have. He's had to have knocked it back at the absolute least. Okay, that's all I saw. Now here's the here's the beauty of this conversation. You got two people that know rugby league that have seen the same thing, in the same way, exact same way, and we both have different opinions on it. And neither of us you could categorically say is right or wrong. It's just a matter of your opinion and how you saw it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think people forget that when they they look at these bunker decisions or referees' decision in that you can see the exact same occurrence and it can just be your opinion is different on what you have witnessed. On referee decisions, absolutely, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. But this is a situation where it could have been a point scoring play. That's what the bunker's for. Mm -hmm. It should have been used. Mm -hmm. Even if it just takes... Five seconds to just rewind the tape and look at the replay, slow down a little bit and go, oh, he's knocked it on. We move on. We've stopped the game all the other bloody times. What does it matter? And so I just think the – I'm not going to say that it was a tryout because I'm not convinced either way, but mm-hmm. it should have at least been looked at. That's the that's the problem. And as it came out and said it should have been a try. And sure enough, the Tigers lost by four points. Did he say that, though? Because the quote I saw from him was non-committal on what would have happened after. I saw him criticise the referee and the bunker for not looking at the decision. But the quotes that I read from him, he said, who knows what would have happened after that. You're correct, yes. Yes. He's basically making the same point I was. He's saying it should have gone to the bunker. Okay, now there's two things for this for me. That pissed me off. Number one, when I look at it and I see on the replay, it's no try, in my opinion, and they, I feel as though the referee was in a great decision, uh, position to make that call straight away, and they get on with the game, I'm like, oh, thank God, let's play some football, because I, I hate seeing the game stopped, right? And then for Annesley to come out immediately and criticise his officials publicly for not referring the decision, which I felt was the right decision, and then himself not commit to what it would have been afterwards to 
you know, not say, well, it would have been a try or not a try, I thought was fucking gutless. And I that, think that, that bit that, was, yes. Now, I think that shows why we are seeing referees stopping the play anytime someone gets hit in a hard tackle or they, you know, you'll see a really basic try and they'll pull it up. And I mean, we've already seen a couple of calls this year that they've called double movements, which are just not what the double movement rule was meant for at all. Um, and that's why I believe the referees are so timid. And it's not because the referees aren't willing to make calls on the field. It's because their boss will come out immediately and publicly slam them and they have to do what their boss says at the end of that day because if your boss says you're doing a bad job you're doing a bad job you're doing a bad job guess what you lose your nrl job and there's only fucking what like eight games that can have nrl referees in the whole world you don't want to lose that job you do what the boss says that's right that's exactly right that's it's a crazy situation um that's the thing if it if he had a said that it should have been a try. That's even more infuriating because it means that the Tigers have been robbed, at the very least, a draw mm-hmm. because they lost by four points. You know, That's not to say that that's all you do is you put the points on the board because it, the whole thing changes. The Warriors then went on the attack, whereas if it had been awarded a try, whether the Tigers kicked the goal or not doesn't mean anything because they get the ball back on the next set instead of the Warriors having it. And the whole... The whole course of the game changes after that, mm. so it's it's uh, that that's the thing that's frustrating about it. We've got the technology there; we always go and check it out, and for some reason they've decided not to. Whether it's whether we think it's close or not, it's a try scoring play. We should be looking at it because it's close. We can that we can close. agree that it's close. One hundred percent, it's very close. So it should have just been looked at. I thought that was the process we had in place. Obviously, yeah. not. Um, so, yeah, who knows? That's the thing. that They're trying to get the, the referees to make judgment calls when they make them. Yeah. They shouldn't be making them on 50-50 calls where they're not too certain. That's what your bunker's for. And yep. we, we have this bunker now, which is interfering in games to mm-hmm. make sure those 50-50 calls are going the right way more often than not. Whether you believe, agree with that or not is another matter. But they have been getting involved in that process and changing, you know, they changed your decision here and there to make sure the right decision is made. Um, but just go, yeah, who cares? I, I, mean, I, I think that's sloppy. It was, it was sloppy. It was sloppy. But I don't know. I, I just think I'm watching these games and I'm really enjoying the footy this year. But I watch the games and I see contests being interrupted by the official for uh, crap, you know, just all sorts of crap. And I, I, I just want to see the teams play football. I want to see the teams on the field, um, you know, come to a result by playing football. I, I don't want to see it with captain's challenges and, and, you know, we go to the bunker and then like, I mean, the double movement thing for me really has pissed me off this year because the double movement rule was brought in very, very early on in the game's history so that if you were tackled near the line and the tackle was finished, you couldn't then just reach out and say, well, the ball's on the line, it's a try. And it's like, well, okay, you can't do that. You're already tackled. That's what we're going to call a double movement. 
And now what it is, is that if you get, you can do the previous 99 and a half meters where you can, you can just try your best to go forward. But in that last half meter, if you can't get really far over the line, you can't really push the ball forward because you're in, you're in danger of being called for a double movement. And that's not what the game's supposed to be. That's not what the double movement rule was for. Double movement rule was for dumb shit. Not to stop somebody from trying to get to the line as desperately as they can. Yeah. Uh, I I agree on the whole stoppages thing. It's it's been getting out of hand. It's stupid now. That's the thing. I'm now getting used to it, and that's that's the thing I hate the most. Because mm. that shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. It used to be a lovely free flowing sport, and the referees had control of what went on the field. And the reason why there's so much conjecture now about referees' decisions is because we've let not let technology creep in. We're letting technology have basically a 50-50 say on decisions. Yes. And when you're letting technology do that, we're automatically got the belief, we're stopping the game, we're using technology to get the right answer. And then when it comes up with the wrong answer, we're going, why do we do all of that? Like, how does technology do things wrong? Mm. At the end of the day, not technology doing it wrong. It's the humans that still run it. The same humans that used to make the same mistakes on field every now and then that we used to just accept. But because they're now using technology, we expect them to be right every single time. But it's not the technology that's the problem. It's still got human error involved because humans yeah. are still running the technology. And that's you can't remove that element. So why, why are we giving technology more of a say to slow the game down and pause it? when there's still human error involved. And I guess the thing I would say is that like, and we know the answer to this, what would happen if you just got rid of the, the technology completely out of the game, except for say grounding decisions and grounding decisions only in the end goal where there's, you know, and look, that would have been a grounding decision on the weekend with the, in the Tigers game. But say a kick is put through and you don't know who got the ball first, I, I'm happy to go to the video referee for that. But all this other crap, please just get rid of it because, you know, bad mis- the bad decisions are still being made, okay? And I'm fine with that to a certain degree when it's made on the run. If a referee misses something on the run, I'm like, well, dude's human being. But when we watch you know, five different replays and they come to a decision that's wrong. You're like, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? We just stopped the game to get it wrong. Yeah, that's horrible. Uh, well, was there anything else we need to go through? Um, Not that I can think of. We've got a couple of emails we could go through. No, nah, save it for next time. Okay, okay, we'll save the emails. We actually got an email just come through just now, hey? All right, we'll we'll, we'll do them in the next episode. We'll try and get one done maybe early weekend. I'm up for that. I'm 100% up for that. Um, Now, I feel like there was some sort of news that we haven't talked about. What was it? Come on. Hey? Can't be important. Um. Is it something to do with, um, oh, that Titans bench player? Oh, Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah, now, look, 
a lot was said about it. By the way, first of all, can I start off? I don't think I've ever had an occurrence of something I've seen and have been so interested in it, in it so quickly and then have been so over it so quickly. <laughs> like it was just like, oh, this is great. And then like by the end of that day, I was like, I'm sick of hearing about it now. It's It can stop. That's right. Move on. But yeah. nah, it's going to be replayed and repeated ad nauseum. Forever. What did you Forever. think about it when you saw it? Um, I thought Will Smith hits like a bitch. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's the thing. But if, he took a massive swing and yeah. you didn't even hear a slap noise. And Chris Rock's just standing there going, okay. But here's the thing. If, you, if you're worth millions and millions of dollars, you better not be punching people. You can slap someone. Like if you've got to go to court and for an assault charge and they say, well, you walked up to him and you punched him in the mouth. It's very different to, well, you walked up to him and you slapped him. It, there's, it feels like there's a different intent there that could save you a lot of money. Don't you reckon? He's got tons of money. I don't think it makes much difference. I just think uh, the whole thing was weird because mm-hmm. you see you see Rock make the joke and Will Smith, I'm not saying he was laughing along, but he had a, he looked like he had some sort of a smile on his face. Maybe it was an awkward smile because he knew the camera was on him. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to say. I, I don't think he was genuinely laughing. I think it was just an awkward smile. Yeah. But obviously his wife wasn't too impressed. Mm-hmm. And then he just strutted up on stage and did what he did. I was looking at going, none of that was necessary. Like, that was all just stupid. But here's the thing, right? If you make, and you would never do this because you're a lovely person, right? At least I say that yeah. to people, right? They that, don't. That's, that's they the don't know that we're truth. portraying to people. Yeah, they, they don't know the truth, the dark truth. But <laughs> <laughs> if you make a joke about another man's wife right in front of him, you are open to the prospect that you're going to get fucking beat, right? Yes. 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 That's all I want to say. That if you as a dude, if you're standing in front of another dude and you and you're making the joke about his wife, you know that there could be consequences. Yeah. Okay. There are some things you don't do. That's that's all I wanted to say. That's yeah. all I wanted to say on the podcast about it because there's all these people going, ah, and it's like, wait a minute, this is something that people know to be a fact of life. Like yeah. you're opening yourself up to it. That's right. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. No, it's just one of those things you sh- that we should all know. Of course, because he's a, of course, because he's an NRL player for the Titans, it's not his go. Well, maybe it's a Gold Coast thing. He's a good bloke. He's a good bloke. Yeah. I mean, well, where was he supposed to go? Can't Chris Rock couldn't have disappeared. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's quickly becoming a tired joke, that one, but it's still it, fucking brilliant. It's still good. Hey, what happens if Will Smith gets up on stage, okay? He he can't dis, – Chris Rock can't disappear, but then his hands go up in the air. What happens then? Because hands in the air means you did disappear. Oh, yeah. What would he do? I mean, then you just have Will Smith just waving his arms around. Yeah, pretty much. So basically, 
and I'm not victim blaming here, but this is Chris Rock's fault because he didn't put his arms in the air. He could have avoided all of this. That's right. Well, I mean, in the end, even though he did put his hands in the air, he didn't really appear to have got struck anyway, so. <laughs> he didn't even take a backward step or lose his footing. He just, or even have his head snap in one direction. He's just like, oh. He, he, he took it, hey. They, uh, the other thing was... Oh, he, yeah. It's almost like a flinch that you make when you think something's being thrown in your direction. Mm. But you just saw something wrong. You sort of turn your head a little bit and you go, oh, no, no. <laughs> it was less... It, he had less fear in him than I do currently when my dog comes at me at 1,000 kilometres an hour with no brakes. She, she has no concept of physics whatsoever. And it's this giant fucking nuggety head flying at me. And it's just terrifying me at the moment, Andrew. I'm fucking scared, man. I'm living with a fucking beast. It's scary. That's a weapon, that thing you've got. Oh, Jesus. It's like <laughs> she'll run around and she'll like, because she's so much bigger than she was like even a couple of weeks ago, she'll run in like and slide into the wall and makes a big bang sound and she just keeps running. It's like, fucking hell, what the fuck is going on? It's like, it's a large animal running around. Like, it's different having a small dog where you're like, oh, there's a little dog running around. All of a sudden, it's like, there's this fucking giant animal running around, and it, it scares me. I'm scared. And it thinks it's a small animal. Oh, it still thinks it's tiny. Yeah, it ain't. That's a, that's a weird thing. It's crazy. Oh, man. It's terrifying. It is indeed. Um... Well, I'll tell you what, I think that wraps up a pretty tidy episode. Yeah, it's been a good one. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I uh, I think that it was a good idea to record on Tuesdays. We'll keep doing these on Tuesdays whenever we can. And yep. I'd like to thank Palmabet.com for their sponsorship of the podcast and all of their odds. Their odds are actually really good. And the way they set the line, it's like, oh, it's so juicy. It's like I want to get involved in it and just... Nice, nice. Um, yeah, thanks to Palmerbet. Always uh, bet responsibly. That's the mm-hmm. most important thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure you check us out on the socials on Twitter and Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, MySpace. Check all of those out. That'd be fantastic. And uh, I suppose we're going to leave it there. Yeah. Thanks for oh, by the everyone. way, if you're yeah. on Twitter, go and search up I Made a Rugby League group. So just look up rugby slash league on the. Oh, is that the under groups. communities? Yeah, the new community. Yeah, and it's for yeah. basically. I just want to show the world how many rugby league people and fans and clubs and everything there are. So get involved, send all your friends and stuff, and just you know, it's a way to connect to people that love the game. Nice. Um, so yeah, get into it, people. That's that's awesome. And uh, yeah, we'll check you all next time. Palmer bet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858.